Hey, welcome everybody. Uh, again, would it be us if it wasn't a little technical difficulty? I don't think so. So I want to welcome back, first of all, Mike, for the first time, we actually have a name for this show. It is called Off the Record with Randall. And, you know, uh, the reason we chose that name is, Mike, there's a lot of things I love in life other than sports. So off the record is kind of getting out of my normal comfort level. So welcome to off the record. Thank you. I appreciate it. I think that's a perfect name for you, Randall. Off the record? Yeah, because a little bit of everything comes out of you. Yeah, yeah. Well, and this is also the debut of Freddie Free Dog, the River City. I gotta remember to go sideways. <laughs> the River City merch is here, everybody. This is one Freddy Free Dog. You can pick Freddy Free Dog up. Uh, contact me. Um, we really don't have the. Here's the thing, Mike. I'm gonna I'm gonna quote a price for everybody, but it's not the price that 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 I want to sell these for. But it's the price I want to sell them for in the future because we got a new manufacturer coming along. But. Right now, we're going to sell these for $22.50 a shirt, Mike. Um, hoodies, we're going to sell for $45. But really, the shirts we got $22.50. And hopefully, we can bring that down to uh, $20 here in the very near future because we got a new manufacturer coming along. Uh, you know, all the guests should get one free, don't you think? <laughs> well, I was going to say, bring me one next week to work. I'll buy it from you. Yeah. Well, I like the look of it. Yeah, yeah. We've got, these are the only black one I got. I really like the black one. So that's my favorite one. But Mike, um, this is the follow-up to Rubbing Butts, episode one. But we uh, we really didn't talk about a whole lot today getting ready. But one thing I did want to get to, and this is a good place for us to start, is I barbecued this weekend. Uh, I did some burgers, did some dogs. Uh, you know, I put a, Put a rack of ribs out there at one point and tried to do a little bit of ribs. And uh, I noticed that my um, sauce was bad. So I ran to the store, grabbed some salt off the sauce off the shelf. Don't even remember what it was, Mike. Got home with it and hated it. It was so vinegary. And I'm used to like the sweet baby rays, the stuff like that, that is just a really sweet taste. And this was, it was, it was rough. Anna Lee went, um, Anna Lee's quote was, hey, this don't taste like our normal sauce, but <laughs> what do you use at home? And what have you learned about just, and, and again, I know you do it differently for your uh, butts, but just if you're cooking burgers on the grill. Now I've made the same mistake you've made. I've went to Walmart, grabbed a jar, Thought it was going to be great. Come home, open it up, um, and was just completely disappointed. It's uh, like in my well, fridge. Yeah, in my fridge, I've probably got about eight different bottles of barbecue sauce. Yes. But it's, you know, if I'm just doing burgers or something, it'd probably be a sweet sauce. Um, okay. So what is a couple of sweet sauces on the market? Uh, you know, everybody knows Sonny's Sweet Baby Rays. You can't go wrong with those. Sweet Baby Rays is really good. Um, it's kind of a, a Kansas City style. It's real thick, real sweet. Um, it, it, you know, depending on where you're from, depends on what kind of sauce you like. I grew up uh, Western North Carolina, which is kind of weird because I prefer a Eastern Carolina sauce or a South Carolina sauce. What's the difference in East and West Carolina? Let's start there. All right. So Western Carolina is, well, let me start with Eastern Carolina. Eastern Carolina is your apple, apple cider vinegar, salt, chili pepper flakes, and that's pretty much it. Um, you start boiling the, the vinegar a little bit, dissolve the salt, put flakes in, put let it cool down, put it in a jar, let it sit for at least 24 hours and go to town. It's basically straight vinegar and a little bit of pepper okay um western carolina we like to knock a little bit of that tang off of it add a little bit of brown sugar or uh ketchup personally i don't like the ketchup in it um i just i would rather take the apple cider vinegar 
Um, I put a little bit of brown sugar, some salt, pepper, chili pepper flakes, and then I'll add a couple dashes of Tabasco sauce just to get a little bit of that red color in it. So even um, if you're a home barbecue, you're making your own sauce? Most of the time for myself and my wife, I'll make the vinegar sauce. Uh, for the kids, they like the Sweet Baby Ray's or Sunny's, something like that. Okay. Um, now, a lot of times I'll pick up a bottle of Carolina mustard, the Carolina gold. I like the tanginess of the mustard base. Um, my family doesn't really care for it, so that's I'll buy a small bottle and I'll eat on that for over a year. Right. Um, if you're looking for brands, one brand that I really like is Stubbs. Stubbs is um, there. It, it was a mess sergeant from the Korean War. Uh, moved back to Lubbock, Texas, started a barbecue restaurant. He moved, I think, to Austin, Texas. Uh, his friends talked him into selling his, his sauce. So he made his own sauces, put them in used whiskey bottles, and sold them. Um, now it's commercialized. You can buy it at Walmart, and they've got just about any kind of flavor of stubs you want. Um, I like the hickory. There's uh, The original is really good. There's some that's got a little bit of heat to it. So, so far, I haven't found a stubs that goes wrong. Now, that's the uh, – let's just make sure everybody knows if they want to get it. It's, it's in a – well, I've got an example of the bottle here, if I can get it to focus on the phone. Um, that would yep. be your, your standard stubs bottle. Yep. It's a thick glass bottle. Um, can't remember the price or I think three, $4 a bottle. You know, it's, it's price pointed at target for three ninety nine. There you go. Okay. So, yep. Now, now you can actually go to their website. Um, and a good thing about a place like stubs, they give you recipes on their website. So you looking for a way to cook some chicken, Go to Stubbs' website. There's a tab up there that says recipes. They've got chicken, uh, beef, pork, seafood. I mean, they've got a lot of good recipes on there. And personally, I like a company that's going to tell me how to cook using their their sauces or, you know, just give me ideas on other ways to prepare something. Right. And that's that's a great question there. I told you, we, when we talked about it, I said this would start as one thing and lead into something itself. So – when I'm home barbecuing, I'm really hamburger hot dog heavy. Mm -hmm. um, I will do a steak occasionally, but I'm scared to death of chicken on the grill. So what do you cook and what kind of safety precautions do you take on the grill that you wouldn't normally take when you were cooking in your kitchen? So I've got a remote thermometer, um, 20 bucks at Walmart. You know, you, you plug the temperature probe in. Um, the one I've got has two probes. One goes into the cooking chamber, tells you your, your temp range. And the other goes in the meat. Um, and that way I know when I hit my internal temperature, it, it's, it makes it a little bit easier for me. I don't have to worry if I'm undercooking something. Um, especially when you're smoking, because when you're smoking, you know, it doesn't always look as if I smoke a steak, a medium rare steak does not look the same as a grilled medium rare steak. It looks nothing the same. Um, so that would go back to like a prime rib cut. Looks really uh, underdone, but it's very well. No, no, it really for a smoke steak, it's not going to have that prime rib, uh, real rare look. But it will have a different coloration through it. Um, okay. So it doesn't, it just appears different. If you're smoking chicken, you get that smoke ring in it. Um, so it's not going to look the same as if you grill it. So it just, for me, I go for time and temp. I don't, I don't worry about so much the time as I do the temperature of the meat. Okay. And that's, that's one good thing that I've learned from smoking. So, um, all right, we're, we're dealing with your product mix. It sounds like you'll do anything on the grill. I mean, yep. uh, and I got a buddy with his green egg that says that, uh, that, uh, meatloaf on the green egg is the greatest food ever. So yep. I'm uh, I've, I've had smoked meatloaf. Um, I actually smoked some pizzas one time. Sounds crazy, but, um, uh, 
you know, big smoker, 18 foot smoker. I had a couple friends wanting me to do them a couple butts. Um, so everybody brought some stuff over and it, it didn't even take up a third of the smoker. So I just started going through the cabinets. I grabbed some ribs. I grabbed a couple uh, pizza crust. I made up uh, four different pizzas through in there. I mean, it's you can do just about anything on a smoker or a grill. Smoked macaroni and cheese is oh. really good. Uh, smoked meatloaf is probably the best you'll ever have. The macaroni and cheese just perked Anna Lee's eyes up. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one... Um, you know, I, I just saw something. It's a uh, Chick-fil-A hack. All right. So I love Chick-fil-A. There's nothing better than the Lord's chicken. Take, um, get, get you a little Tupperware bowl, put a uh, medium fries, you know, their waffle fries, uh, 12 count chicken nuggets, a little cup of their mac and cheese, uh, buffalo sauce, ranch, and some of their uh, Chick-fil-A sauce. Shake it all up. They look real good. I can't wait to go to Chick-fil-A. Uh, yeah, I saw that on a bun. Yeah. I've done the same thing that put it on a bun. Yep. All right. So, so in your meat, does your meat dictate your sauce? Like for me now, um, even though I say I don't do chicken myself, but when I go to a restaurant and I get, um, you know, smoked chicken, I want a sweet sauce, a right. really super sweet sauce on chicken. Does the, the type of meat dictate what sauce you use or can for me it does for me it does. And okay. again, it's it's a personal flavor. Um I love the vinegar on my pork, but not quite as much on the chicken. Okay. I do like the vinegar in the chicken, but I like it, like you said, a little bit sweeter. Um so if I'm doing a chicken, I may use some of my vinegar sauce mixed with a little bit of uh Sunny's or Sweet Baby Ray's just to kind of dilute it, knock a little bit of the sugar off um, and, and kind of really add a twang to it, spice right. it up a little bit. Right. You know, and, and then it, again, it depends on where you're at. Like uh, Florida, they have their own version of a vinegar sauce, but it has um, like citrus fruits in it. And uh, so they use that on a lot of fish. Okay. But it's kind of like a, a Cuban thing. So it's got the the twang with some of the, the citrus in it. That uh, Yeah, I, now I've seen that. I've seen that a couple of times. But um, do you find, uh, and we'll get back into the more, do you find grill uh, that, I like grilled fish done with very little, like a lemon and salt and pepper and that. That that the smoke flavor with that combination, now it really hits my palate well. Right. I tried putting some different sauces. You tried a, a mustard sauce on fish. Nothing seems to mix with fish. Do you have a, a something that you use? So, um, used to be a seafood cook living in Florida. I don't eat fish anymore, <laughs> but. Uh, when I was younger, I did like, we used to go trout fishing a lot. Um, now my grandmother, she prefers, I love the cup. Uh, Y'all like my, my, shell yeah. cup, my, my little pony cup. Pinky pie, pinky pie on there. Yeah. Um, what happens when you have a daughter, you inherited all of her hand-me-downs. Yep. Um, so my grandmother, she prefers on her fish, uh, just a malt vinegar. And growing up, I hated vinegar, hated the smell of it. Right. Like it would make me gag. And now that's actually one of my favorite sauces. Um, but, you know, when I was younger, we would go trout fishing, go fly fishing in North Carolina, up in Cherokee. Um, my uncle and I would camp out. We would catch uh, trout. We would fillet them, put them in a piece of foil with lemon, pepper, and butter, and just put it right next to the coals. Yeah. Cook it straight like that in a piece of foil, pick it up and eat it. Yeah. You know, a lot of times simpler is better. I think a lot of times when people start cooking, they try to overcomplicate. You know, we we can't just do the salt pepper, you know, that us white folk are known for, but we can't get too much into it because then you just start making it too complicated and you'll ruin it. 
Well, that's a good point too, Mike. You're making. <clears throat> Does the freshness of fish and chicken really affect the taste when you smoke it? Because the freshness, the freshness of any food will affect that. Um, okay. You know, I'm very. I'm very picky, peculiar about chicken. All right. Like I, I, I wear rubber gloves when I'm handling chicken at all times. Um, and it's not part of it is just because of the sanitary aspect of it. Part of it's just because I am disgusted by raw chicken. Like there's few things that gross me out, but the feel of raw chicken is the worst. And, um, you know, if I open up a pack of chicken and there's any question about it, we're having something different for dinner and it's going in the garbage. Right. I opened up a pack the other night of chicken breasts and it just, to me, it looked a little slimy and I was like, Nope, not even trying it. I'm not going to risk it. Um, chicken is probably one of the worst that'll make you sick. The, yeah, the easiest, mean, the worst sick I've ever been in my life was one time off a turkey. And one time off a of chicken. If you get sick off of poultry, I didn't eat turkey for about five years. Man, I worked at, I used to do roofing in Mississippi. And I worked at a, um, I believe it was Sanderson Farms, um, a chicken processing plant. We were working on the roof. And I would not eat chicken for about five or six years after that. And I wasn't even inside the facility. I was on the roof of the facility. That, yeah, that will make you. Yeah. All right. So now um, let's get back to uh, focused on this again. Um, so whatever the is, is the, I guess from, from harvest to cook, it makes it better. Do you use any refrigeration or aging in the process for either beef, pork? I mean, cause like if I'm going to cook a steak, it's about a two day process for me. Uh, so, so basically you're doing a marinade and letting it sit in the fridge for about 24 hours. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times do I, what? I hate using the microwave. Yeah. It seems yeah. to just destroy the meat. Yeah. Um, the fresher, the better, obviously. Um, I've, unless you're doing a steak an aged steak is where it's at. You know, one of my goals is to buy a spare fridge to go into my garage and that way I can store stuff. I really want to do a aged ribeye. Okay. I saw the other day at, um, I believe it was Kroger. They had the ribeyes, like the whole rib section um, that you could buy. And they were, I think they were on sale for like 60 bucks and it's normally a hundred dollars for a, a section, which would give you about eight or nine 10 big ribeye steaks. Um, so I, I want to buy some dry aging bags and age my own steaks and, and try that. Okay. Um, I've done a lot of reading on it, a lot of research, watched a lot of YouTube videos and supposedly they come out like butter. And, you know, if I spend 60 bucks aging my own steaks for what I would pay $60 for one steak, yeah. Then that's a that's a win for me. Well, and back to the quality of meat. Um, one of the things I hear a lot of times is, what's the difference in like a Ruth Chris steak and 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 a Outback steak? Well, a lot of times, it's the quality of meat from the the cut. Yep. Also, the aging process. The best steak I've ever ate in my life, Mike, was a one that one of my friends would do. Then he would age it in butter. Yeah, uh, and, and just build a, a cocoon around them, and they were delicious. So, um, when your steaks are non-aged, what is the process that you you go to your local butcher, say you're going to cook you and the family a steak on Saturday night? When do you pick up your meat, and what's your prep like? So I'm pretty lucky. I have a uh, meat processor right up the road from my house, a small processor. Um, I used to do a lot of business with them and it was a family owned business. Uh, you know, I would feed my whole factory. So I would call them up and they would get me 
350 ribeyes that were all size the same. Um, I, I know a factory that you work at now that would like fed too, but we'll not. Yeah. Yeah. We're working on that one. <laughs> um, so, you know, I had a good relationship with them. I could go in and pick up steaks. I went in there recently. Uh, it, it's been sold to a younger couple. They still do a great job. Um, I went in, bought some steaks, and these things were massive. They were really good. You won't. I prefer a ribeye. Ribeye yeah. has a lot of marbling in it. That's just my personal cut. Um, my wife prefers filet mignon. Personally, I don't see the point wasting bacon by wrapping it around a steak. Um, so it, it's, you know, for me, I, I want a ribeye. Really, really marbled. Um, if you have a lot of fat on the outside, I'll trim it up a little bit. That fat tends to get kind of hard. Um, and personally, I don't want to chew on a big chunk of fat. It's just... I like it cooked in there for the flavor, but I'm not going to sit there and gnaw on a big, big hunk of fat. Well, and we both got kids, and uh, I think when I bring home, I can bring a great steak home to Anna Lee, and if it's got an excessive fat uh, on it, it makes it more difficult for a 10, now 11-year-old to cut her own steak. Yeah. You know, to eat the steak, it becomes, so if I'll get a little of the fat off of it, that's a little easier to eat for my, my little girl. Yeah, because that stuff will harden up to it's like, I mean, bad. Yeah. So what you can do is you can take some uh, butcher's twine, and once you've kind of trimmed it up, you can actually tie twine around it, and that that'll keep it in its kind of in its shape and hold it. it. It makes it look a little bit better. Um, it's not something that you have to do, but while I'm getting everything ready, I'll let my steaks sit out, and I'll go ahead. I don't usually marinate them ahead of time. Um, it's just not something I've ever really needed to do. Um, there's been times I've tried different marinades and they all come out good, but I like to just put salt, pepper, garlic, or a little bit of my rub on it. Um, I'll let it sit on the, on the counter and kind of come up towards room temperature right. before I put it on the, on the grill or, a lot of times I'll do my steak in the oven. I'll do it real low and slow in the oven, take it out and pan sear it hot and uh, just to kind of finish it off. So it, so it never really goes to your, you're not grilling it. You're doing your now, Sometimes I will grill. If I, if I'm going to grill, I'll grill it. But you know, some days I just want a steak and I don't want to go sit outside. So I'll do it. In a, usually if I'm going to do an oven steak, it's going to be later in the evening. Right. Um, and I, I don't want to be outside, you know, I'd rather be in the house doing other stuff. Um, but there's times, man, I want to fire up the grill, throw me some steaks, some potatoes, some asparagus on the grill and just go to town. But usually that's like a Saturday afternoon, middle of the day. Right. And then a, a little tip from, uh, I'm not the expert Mike is, but one thing you can do is follow that process and just throw a few coals on your, uh, grill and then get it super hot take it out of the oven and go it out and throw it for two minutes both sides on your grill yep. and you'll get a lot of that same flavor but yeah that's that's something and sometimes that actually cooks better mike because the the steak is a little more the oven's more controlled than your grill so i get that real nice char on the outside yep. but that center of that steak i can keep it that 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 pink that I want it to. So yeah. So that's a, a reverse sear method. Um and it, it gives you a little more consistent like so people argue back and forth. I'm gonna start on the grill and finish in the oven or I'm okay. gonna start in the oven, finish on a grill. It, it's personal preference. Personally, um when I cook my steak medium rare, oven to grill or oven to cast iron skillet. It is medium rare all the way through. If I start out on high heat and go to low heat, outside will be more done than the center. Yes, both of them have a medium rare center, but mine is medium rare all the way through. So it, for me, it's a consistency in the meat. Right, right. And then 
I really enjoy that opposite sear. I like I like the steak to be less done as I go through it. I want that. I almost want to start at a well done, right? Finish at a medium, or you know. So when you 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 throw that blackened crust on it, mm-hmm. you get that first. You get really, and then so that's one of the tricks. I guess I was doing. I didn't even realize it. So now something else you can do is you can get some uh, some wood chips. You can buy the little bags of wood chips at Walmart or just about anywhere. Um, like you said, you throw a couple coals in the charcoal grill. Uh-huh. Uh, once they get burned in, throw you a couple wood chips on there. That'll give you a wood smoke. You can get, uh, they've got like a whiskey flavor. They've got all kind of different flavors. Um, you just throw a couple of those on there, put your meat up there, and then you get that, that wood smoke in it. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. So, and that's something else I've done. I'll I'll do my coals on the grill, push them to the outsides, put a little bit of wood chips around it, put the meat in the center, and let it just kind of slow cook on the grill that way. Now, what would you do that way? Would that be a beef steak? Yeah, I've done I've done steaks. I've done chicken, uh, hamburgers. You know, hamburger done that way. It, it infuses a lot of that wood smoke into it. Well, I begin to wonder if we're ever going to get you to admit that you cook a hamburger. Yeah. I, hey, man, I love hamburgers. I, I'm not I'm a, so big on hot dogs, but I love hamburgers. All right. So getting back to the sauce, so just for a second. I grew up with a, a Southern Baptist church mom who would go every Saturday to the grocery store and bring home craft barbecue sauce for 99 cents probably back then really super sweet mm-hmm. but what she wanted to do and she i mean i love i loved it when she done it she would cook these things almost done get them up on a super high heat throw that sweet sauce on it and almost marbleize it it's caramelized yeah caramelized you're correct so and it would give it a different taste at all uh together mm-hmm. too so when you apply your sauce, does that change what you taste in the sauce profile? It does because a lot of times what you're going to want to do, um, and, and depending on what you're cooking, depends on how you apply the sauce. If you're doing ribs, you've got to constantly mop mop the ribs to keep them right. juicy. Um, doing chicken, you know, barbecue chicken. You don't usually put the sauce on until near the end, crank the heat up a little bit and caramelize that sauce. And it gives it a, that kind of a tacky, um, sweet. Uh, yeah. If you get it on your fingers, it'll. Yeah. Sticky sweet. Okay. Yeah. So it's, um, personally, I like my sauce on the side. I want to taste my meat and then accompany it with the, the sauce. So. I prefer not to douse everything in sauce until I know how it tastes. So when you go to a restaurant, uh, and I know this conversation's all over the place, but so you go into a, uh, a, like a, what's the place you go that you like their barbecue in a restaurant? Is there- um, so we have up here in uh, Cookville, we have um, Rib City. Okay. Rib City's got fairly decent barbecue. So you go to Reef City, you get a rack and it's dry. Mm-hmm. And then you apply, do you just dip or what do you do? Usually I dip. Um, so I'll, now I like to kind of, kind of go, I like to sample the sauces. So I'll see what different sauces they have and I'll go through and, and try um, whichever one they have and figure out which one I like the best. Right. And usually uh, at a restaurant, I wind up with Carolina Gold. Okay. Now, that is an actual golding-looking sauce, correct? It's a, it's a mustard-based. Um, it is Carolina mustard. It's a South Carolina ba- um, They're They're mustard-based sauce. So there's no ketchup in that sauce at all. My God, this, this show makes me so hungry every time we talk <laughs> about it. Sitting here, hey. here in my belly. Hey, my belly. You know how big my belly is. You got a three hundred pound guy grumbling right now. Now, now, if you want to get into ribs, um, go down to the the homeland. Go down to Tuscaloosa. 
uh, Dreamland Barbecue down there. Um, now, the first time I ever had an Alabama white sauce was at Blue Moon Barbecue right outside Tuscaloosa. It's right down the road from the stadium. Um, friend of mine recommended going to Dreamland. I went in there. They have uh, racks of ribs. You walk up to the, to the restaurant, and the doors were smoked with – you could see the smoke on the glass. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, all right, this is going to be good. Um, went in. I asked them to do the sauce on the side. The ribs are actually, they're not smoked, but they're grilled over a wood uh, wood pit. And okay. they're actually smoking them out in front of you. So you can see the pits and everything. Um, brought me my rack of ribs. I had the sauce on the side. Man, those were the best ribs I have ever had. And what's the name of this place? Dreamland Barbecue. Oh, oh yeah, I'm Dreamland. I'm all with you here. All right. Now, and they're, they're scattered all over Alabama. So there's nothing like the one in Tuscaloosa, though. Yeah, there exactly. I I even went to the one. I I asked the guy that manages the one um, uh, in Tuscaloosa why his were better than the one in Birmingham, and his reason is his grill or his 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 grates have been thirty years of grease on them, so they taste better. Yeah, that's one of my favorite. Now, my friend Phil hates dreamland uh, and says the meat's poor and all this but what i appreciated about dreamland was everything was cooked really nice and i go down when i go when i go to tuscaloosa it's my first stop everything mm-hmm. is cooked really nice the sauce is really nice but you i find too the fact that it the one at um tuscaloosa really didn't serve sides so you yeah about the meat and, yep. and for some reason, that was a different experience for me. Now, we went to the one in Huntsville. Um, so I ended up, I brought back a rack of ribs to my wife and daughter from Tuscaloosa. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it's what, a three-hour drive. They yeah. didn't even heat them up. They just grabbed them out the box and devoured them. Honestly, yeah. I thought they weren't going to like them, and I was going to get to eat them. But, I, no, they, they devoured them. I, I've, I've drove from Chattanooga to Tuscaloosa got ribs and brought them home. So I, yeah. I well, we went last year down to Florida. I stopped in Huntsville. Uh, actually we stopped at a couple, they were closed. So we came back on the way back. I stopped in Huntsville, uh, went to dreamland there and it wasn't good. I mean, it wasn't bad, but my wife and kids hated it. Um, yeah, it, it was nowhere near what I had remembered from Tuscaloosa. So, I mean, it's, and it's the same restaurant. Yeah, it's the same chain. Different location. I can say I've had a similar experience. I've never hated it. because a good rib, still a good rib. But the the quality of the ribs from Tuscaloosa is much better, I thought, than Birmingham or Huntsville. I've ate at them both. And and there's nothing like Tuscaloosa. Um, But, uh, yeah, you, my favorite restaurant's in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Try that now. (laughs) But uh, I, that's I all right. That's all right. I know where you used to live. Yeah, I even lived down there, and they just Dreamland was a once a month, or not once a month, once a week thing for me, and uh, and I've had a hard time replacing it. Um, but I Blue Moon, I've, Blue I've Moon down there, they've got a good pulled pork with the Alabama white sauce too. Okay, I'm not now. Tell me about that. I don't know about that one. So. All. Blue Moon is right off the, uh, and they've got a couple locations, but they're right off of the the Tuscaloosa campus. Uh, When you go to the game, they actually have a coupon on the ticket for Blue Moon Barbecue. So they're one of the big sponsors. That's kind of how I ended up going there to try it. And it was the first time I had ever seen Alabama white sauce. Um, The white sauce is a mayonnaise-based barbecue sauce. Which sounds um, disgusting. But it I- does. It, it sounds really gross. I don't even care for, for mayonnaise. Like, that is not something I go and put on anything. Right. Um, but it was really good. And, here, you know, I told you earlier that I've had where I've gone to the store, bought barbecue sauce, and it was absolutely disgusting. Right. Do not buy the glass jar of Alabama white sauce from Walmart. Um, 
it tastes like freaking latex paint. It yeah. was the it was the worst thing I have ever tried in my life. Like it was so bad, I didn't even bother to take it back and get my three dollars back. I wasn't wasting my time. I just threw it away. It was, I mean, it was just like house paint. So, do not so, go to Walmart quality, and buy the Alabama white sauce barbecue sauce. To the quality of meat we discussed early, let's add the, and this is going to be crazy. And, and before we get away tonight, I want to cover one more subject, but um, real fast, everybody, let me do some promotion here. River City Media, uh, it's uh, on Facebook, it's on YouTube. We have three shows that's produced every week off the record, which Mike and I do uh, occasionally together to get this barbecue. Last week, we did a bourbon tour. So this is going to be everything I love in life that isn't sports. It could even be sports. I've got a show coming up with Camden Smith, local musician. Uh, the bourbon guys will be back. And, of course, Micah will be back in a couple of weeks. At 8 o'clock tonight, the 3R Sport Report uh, with Robbie Raj and I will be discussing some of the ramifications of the recent change in the NTAA transfer portal. And then on Thursday night, the OA with Philip Chaplin and myself. It's really Chappie's program. It's on Chappie's Sports, uh, Chappie's Fantasy Sports Chap. Uh, find us there or you can find us here. So just give us a like, give us a follow. And uh, we're here for the long run. There's a lot of good things happening, but we do appreciate our fans. Now, Mike, back to your uh, back to your bad barbecue sauce. Have you ever found a sauce that you just that's my go-to, or are you always experimenting? Yeah. I'm pretty much always experimenting, but. I would say restaurant base, it's going to be Carolina gold. Okay. Um, that one is just, it's mustard with a little bit of spices in it. So it, it's, if you like mustard, you can't go wrong. Um, a lot of the vinegar based sauces that you find in restaurants aren't authentic vinegar based. It'll be a, a sweet sauce. that's cut with a vinegar. Um, so, I mean, I'm going to try it. I'll try pretty much any of them. Sometimes I'll combine one or two, three, and use what they have to make my own. Right. You know, it's, when I was younger, I preferred the sweet sauce. As I got a little bit older, that's it, not so much what I want. I don't want all the sugar in it. So if they've got a good sweet sauce, I may put a little bit of vinegar sauce in it to cut it down. So to your point, um, now, I'm not that guy. I can usually, and I do mix sauces too, and I usually go for their, I like, a lot of times I'll try the original because mm -hmm. I always figure the original is what got them there. That was what they originally done, and I want to taste that original. And that's usually going to be their sweet sauce too. Yeah, and it usually is. I like a little heat, but I notice a lot of times uh, you can get heat in barbecue sauce and it just overpowers everything. Yep. What do you use as a guideline for um, for eat? So that's when I do the vinegar. That's where usually I have my my heat in the sauce. Um, first time I made it was great. I followed a uh, online recipe that I found, and I do this a lot. I'll look up a recipe. You know, I get an idea in my head. Hey, I want to try something. Right. I'll look up recipes. I look for something that has pretty much whatever I have. Like if I start looking and it says you need a red wine, uh, white rice wine, vinegar, I'm already out. I don't yeah, have that in my yeah. cabinet. And I'm not going to the store just to buy a bottle for something I'm going to make one yeah. time. So I look for a recipe with real world ingredients that I'm already going to have, or I'm going to use again. Um, I'll try that recipe and then I'm going to play with it. And like, I'll have it almost done. I'm like, yeah, you know, maybe it needs this. And so I'll start messing around. People ask me for a recipe, like from Alfredo sauce. I'm like, just look on the internet, get you one. Cause that's all I use. 
and then I don't measure anything. It says like two cups of Parmesan cheese, and I'm just like, there we go. That's about enough, you know. Um, so the first time I made a vinegar sauce was really good. Second time I made it, I couldn't hardly eat it. It burned me up. Um, so I did learn to kind of measure out the pepper flakes because those will, after they sit for 24 hours, those things get pretty strong and they'll come back and bite you. Right. And, and I've done that myself. Uh, you tend, I like a little heat, a little. So when you make that original, like I'll make enough for two batches. Mm -hmm. The first batch is perfect. But if you let that sauce set for 24 hours or 72 hours or 48 hours, I don't know how I jumped over 48, but I did. But let it set for a couple. It can get some heat to it. Yep. You so that, that's, you've got to know your, your seasoning. Peppers, they're going to get hotter as they sit. So, or pepper flakes. Uh, because they're going to start breaking down into that vinegar or into right. that, that oil. And they're going to start, that vinegar will start taking on more of that pepper flake profile. So that's where you've got to, you know, it may not look like enough now, but think about the long run. You know, you make a, a pot of chili. You're putting your cayenne pepper in. It's not hot right now, but tomorrow yeah. you're probably going to be like, man, I, I probably shouldn't have used this much. Yeah, yeah. Now that's one of the things I take pride in, in making. Yeah, they've been a couple of times I've made batches, and it was great for twenty four hours. Yep. Then I'd come back and get that second bowl or third bowl the next day, and it would be so hot I couldn't eat it. So I've yep. I've run and I've run barbecue that way. I really like, and that's where I wanted to get to this last fifteen minutes. Um, I know it's not barbecue, but the, it's it's all over the market now is is wing sauce. Mm -hmm. I struggle, um, and I do do a, a wing on a grill. It's one of the few chicken things I'll do. The wing is cooked already, so I'm just I'm just I'm just warming it back up, basically. On it out there, but I tend to overpower, and I do it with steaks too. When I try to put a little heat into it. I tend to overpower my meat. So where, what, where, give me a tip. If I called you up and say, hey, Mike, I'm getting ready to cook. This barbecue sauce seems a little hot. How do so I bring it down? Melt you a little bit of butter. Melt you okay. down some butter and put in there a little bit at a time. Um, and that will start bringing that heat profile down. Um, I don't, I don't remember exactly why, but that's like, if you take some Frank's Red Hot, Yes. Um, which I know a lot of people use that for, for their wing sauce. That's my basis of my wing sauce. And it does, All right. after a couple of days, it'll get hot on you. Oh yeah. So you take that, you melt you down a little bit of butter, mix it in, um, and kind of get it to where you want it and then put it on your chicken. Okay. And that, that's, I, I don't know what it is about the, the oil in the butter, um, but it, it will bring down the heat. Um, someone will probably call me out because that's not correct. You know, the oil or whatever, but the butter for some reason does cut that, that heat profile down and make it a little more bearable. Would make sense because when you, you know, you've ate too hot of wings, the only way to get the fire out of your mouth is butter. I mean, uh, yeah. milk. So, all right. Do you, all right. So we got about 10 minutes, Mike. Walk me. I want to take a steak. I want to take chicken and I want to take a burger and maybe even some pork ribs here. Let's walk the process and let's start with the steak. Mike on Thursday night decides he's going to grill Saturday. Let's walk that process. So again, I'm not going to marinate most of the time. Um, okay. I've done it time couple times for a steak, I don't feel that it's so important because I want that crust on the outside from my seasoning being seared. Um, chicken, I will marinate, all right? Because that chicken can dry out really quick. And there's nothing worse than a bad piece of chicken. Right. Um, so you want to um, kind of marinate or brine your chicken or turkey. If I'm making a, like when I'm cooking a turkey for Thanksgiving, 
I brine it for 24 to 48 hours in a five gallon bucket in the bottom of the fridge. I don't know right. what the, that term means. So explain. Um, so brine is, I, I take my, my butter ball, um, okay. depending on how I'm going to base my, my turkey, if it's going to be a salty uh, based or salty seasoning, I'm going to use a sweet brine. Um, basically, I'll take a gallon of water, bring it up to a bowl, mix in some sugar, some different seasonings like some orange, some apple, um, put that in a five-gallon bucket. Fill it up the rest of the way with cold water, let it come back down to normal temperature, and then put my turkey in it and let the turkey sit. Um, the turkey absorbs <clears throat> a lot of that flavor and that, that seasoning into the meat. Now, when you take your turkey out and you start cooking it, you're starting out with a turkey that is um, well hydrated. It's already very moist. Um, if I, a lot of times what I do for a turkey is Tony Cashray's, actually, you know, let me say it properly, Tony Shashray's, um, Cajun butter injection marinade. All right. That is the best thing for a turkey. Now I keep a couple cans of Tony's, uh, down in Louisiana, it's just Tony's, um, but Tony Shastray's, I keep cans of that at the house. I use that to season anything. Right. Uh, that stuff is probably one of my favorite seasonings, but, um, if you've been to Louisiana, you made it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's in everything. It's on everything. Um, but you know, it, when I'm doing a Turkey, brine it, pull it out. I'll take that Cajun butter marinade. Uh, you buy it at Walmart in a little bottle, one bottle will do a Turkey comes with the, the needle. Um, just go around, inject the meat everywhere, put it in a roasting bag, pop it in the oven until the timer pops out. And I mean, so far you, I haven't gone wrong with that, that marinade, but, right, um, sure. go ahead. Sorry. No, like I was going to say, if I'm doing a steak, uh, just salt, pepper, garlic, or sometimes I'll do like an applewood rub, something like that on it. Um, low and slow and then sear it real hot, real fast to get the crust on it and kind of seal in everything um steak pork chicken you really need to let it rest after it's done for a couple minutes so the juices kind of come back into the meat if you pull it off the grill and slice it immediately all the all the juice runs out and that's so you want to let it sit before you cut it is that all meat i know um i know steak and pork, you really want to let it rest. I'm pretty sure fish does. Chicken, um, chicken needs all the help it can get, all right? Because it, it's it's pretty dry. Okay. Now, um, burgers are probably the number one thing that people make on the grill. Burgers and dogs. Dogs. If you mess up a dog, you probably need to go get some help. Hard to mess up a hot dog. It's yeah, I like to take my burgers and I like to experiment. Um, mm -hmm. I, sometimes I put a little burrito mix on the inside. Sometimes I'll throw a little bit of cheese on the inside. Sometimes I will load up the inside with garlic and then, mm -hmm. you know, uh, one of the things that I love to do is even uh, to do, uh, I do onions on the grill. Butter, yes. garlic, do that. What food do you experiment with? Is it burgers? Is it is it veggies? What what do you just like? I'm gonna do this different every time. Burgers, definitely burgers. Um, and, and like you said, I like to try putting different stuff in the center. I bought one of those handy little. Um, uh, it's designed to make the little hole in the burger and makes two halves. You pack it full of cheese, put it together. It was a complete failure. It's one of those ultimate kitchen items that <laughs> I wasted my money on, but now yeah. I know. Um, so a lot of times I just put different seasonings in the meat as I'm making the patties. Okay. Um, I'll do like a Montreal steak mitts or I love Montreal. yeah, I think it's really good in burgers. Um, Dale's, uh, that Dale's marinade, 
you know, once you get your burgers patted up, pour a little bit of Dale's on each burger while it's cooking. Can't go wrong there. Um, I like to play with the toppings on burgers. So like you said, I'll, I'll do some onions. Uh, my wife loves mushrooms, so I'll saute her up some mushrooms. Um, put down some foil, put down a little bit of uh, olive oil, some asparagus, put some garlic Parmesan or some garlic, uh, garlic herb grill mates on the asparagus. Let it roast on there uh, about 10, 15 minutes. You know, can't go wrong with that. I love to put feta on a burger. So onion, lettuce, uh, feta, some um, maybe some bread and butter pickles. My mother-in-law makes the best bread and butter pickles I've ever had. Yeah. Um, so that's, it's that's a good conversation right there. Feta with bread and butter. That's a good combo. Nothing like, you know, smells horrible, but feta cheese goes on just about everything. So, uh, and, and I think you're onto something there. I have different combinations I make. Like, and there's also, for some reason, I got in the habit of making mustard, ketchup, plain burger pickles. That's it. I love it. Yeah. And then the next time it'll be lettuce, uh, tomato, onion, little uh, mayo, and that's it. So yeah. burgers someplace you can, not all burgers are the same. Yep. Now I'll tell you something that's good. Do you like your hot dogs crispy? Like when they've yes. been grilled, you want them crispy? Yeah. Yeah. Take, uh, take a little bit of butter, melt it down. And while you have it on the grill, brush the butter onto the hot dogs. It will crisp up the skin, cause them to crack. Okay. And those are real good. Um, sometimes good. I'll take, uh, uh, what's the name of it? There, there's, a. Uh, Mama something, I don't remember, pimento cheese, buy it at Walmart. It's like a Greenville, South Carolina pimento cheese. Take you a hot dog, put some pimento cheese on it. Man, you can't go wrong. Wow. Do you know how hungry I am right now? If you <laughs> watch this show and you're not hungry right now, you don't have a soul. I'm just going to Man, I tell you, I had a friend when I was in, uh, lived in North Carolina. He looked at me one day. He said, man, he was black. He was like, man, I think you're half black. I said, why? He said, look at how you pile your food up. I was like, man, I just like to eat. Yeah. You know, I, I like different food. So it, it's, you know, just pile it all together and see what works. Well, Mike, I, I swear we could do this show every week for three or four <laughs> hours and just, uh, but uh, I got to wrap her up. I got eight o'clock, everybody. Three R Sports, Raj Mehta, Robbie Davis, myself will be back. we got about four topics we're going to cover, the NCAA Portable. Uh, Mike, there's something we're going to do tonight you're going to probably like. We're doing, you know, you got to lighten it up sometimes. So we're going to do a review of uniforms. And uh, the number one and number, well, let's see, what was it? Four helmet, four and five helmets in the NCAA that was voted recently by uh, one of the websites was Penn State's and Alabama's. And I hate both of them because they're so plain. Yeah. But, uh, we're going to debate that tonight. Also tonight, we're going to talk about all the injuries in Major League Baseball. And uh, come join us. We'll get ready for the draft. Draft day special coming up next Thursday night, starting at 7.30, lasting until Robbie's had too many beers. And <laughs> we'll go as long as we can. But, Mike, I appreciate you joining me again. Can you give us – First of all, plug anything you got to plug. And second, what's your closing thoughts or give us a tip or because I'm gonna go eat. I'm looking at chicken right now, barbecue. Yeah. Um, so find you a sauce that you like, find the ingredients that you're comfortable with, look up recipes online and start playing with those recipes. You're not gonna get any better if you don't start experimenting. Absolutely. Uh one thing, Randall, I'll tell you, you should look up the dumbest baseball stadiums in high school sports. That's a, uh, yeah, we need to do that one. So I, I looked at, I looked at some today and some of them are just unreal. So like hundred foot and then a train track and then the rest. Of the yeah. Oh. A building sticking out in the middle center yeah. field, 230 foot. You're the second person that's brought that up to me. Uh, Mike, before we get off here too, let's plug your church. 
I know you're pretty uh, active in it. So, yep, Life Church, uh, Cookville, Tennessee. We are online, livelife.church, uh, broadcast every Saturday, three services on Sunday. Um, wife's over the nursery, so I get to play with little kids all the time, get to work on cameras. Um, so if you're ever up in the Cookville, Sparta area and you're looking for a church, come see us. Well, Mike, uh, we've kind of got this on a rotation now. We'll be back again with it. Um, the next time, hopefully, we kind of had to put it together real fast this time. Next time, maybe we'll have a, be able to do a, even a little live demo or something. I yeah. haven't thought about that till today, but I'd like to actually watch you maybe prepare something, not smoking because it takes right. a but maybe maybe we can get the camera set up or you're preparing a butt or something. That'd be really good for everybody to see. I did that for my wife the other night. I was cooking something, and she was like, are you going to put on a cooking show? Because she was actually – she wasn't here, so I was FaceTiming her. And so I basically walked through just like I was doing a cooking show. And uh, it was pretty be, funny. That would be fun for us to do. Maybe we'll plan that out. But, again, everybody, thank you for joining Mike uh, and myself here on Off the Record with Randall. Uh, it's th- it's uh, River City Media, home of Freddie Free Dog. And uh, we'll be back at 8 o'clock tonight with Raj, Robbie, and myself. And, uh, Mike, uh, we'll see you in a day or two. All right. I appreciate it. Had a good time. Oh, man, I love doing this. I swear. (laughs) I'm so hungry right now. I'm starving. I'm going to eat before this second show. All right, bud. We'll see you all. Thank you, everybody that joined us. Later.